once we are saved, we are part of that body, no matter how we feel about it on any given day, you know, um, no matter how much it's failing us, no matter how frustrated we are with it. There, as Mulholland says in, in this chapter on corporate spirituality, he says we can no more be conformed to the image of Christ outside of corporate spirituality than a coal can continue to burn bright outside of the fire. Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and in this season, I am glad to be back with my conversation partner, Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we've spent time laughing, growing, and transforming in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders. This season, we're walking through Invitation to a Journey by Robert Mulholland. It's part of the Transforming Resources collection published by InterVarsity Press. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we invite you to become a monthly patron of the podcast. Just visit transformingcenter.org patron to sign up and learn more. We thank you so much for your monthly support at any level. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Well, here we are, episode nine, Corporate Spirituality. So let's get right into it. Ruth, How? what is corporate spirituality? Well, Mulholland defines it as our spiritual pilgrimage together in the church, the body of Christ. And in, in my reading of Mulholland, I do see him really referring to the body of Christ, you know, writ large. Um, and that's my, that's sort of my perspective and passion on it too right now is that I think sometimes we reduce church to the church, small C to the local church. And so the way we're relating to a local church then, um, causes us to sort of miss the fact that, that we're always a part of the church, the body of Christ, no matter how we're relating to the church, small C, we can't have a spirituality outside of our relationship with the body of Christ writ large. And in fact, theologically and biblically, once we are saved, we are part of that body, no matter how we feel about it on any given day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. um, no matter how much it's failing us, no matter yeah. how frustrated we are with it. There, as Mulholland says in, in this chapter on corporate spirituality, he says we can no more be conformed to the image of Christ outside of corporate spirituality than a coal can continue to burn bright outside of the fire. Um, and so what he's saying is that our, our spiritual formation takes place and unfolds within corporate spirituality, within the body of Christ, which we are always a part of, no matter how we feel about it on any given day. I, I just I just think that's a riveting idea, you know, because we like to think once again, well, I'm in control, so I'm really mad at the church right now, so I'm not going to church right now. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> fine, but you're still a part of the body of Christ. You can't get out of it, you know? And and yeah. they're just simply, he's saying there simply must be a way that you are journeying with others um, in, a, in, in an expression of corporate spirituality, because that is where our formation unfolds. And he gets really concrete about it, too, when he talks about the fact that in the community of faith to go back to the content we were discussing about the Myers-Briggs and all that in, in the community of faith, our personal preferences get challenged in a really good way. 
and that when we are engaged in corporate spirituality, however that looks for us, that, you know, the extroverts are going to be challenged into depth. The introverts are going to be challenged to come out of themselves and not spiral into, into subjectivity. You know, the thinkers are yeah. going to be challenged to feel. The feelers are going to be challenged to do their theological work. That, that stretching and that wholeness comes by being in relationship with other people, other members of the body of Christ. And I, um, I think that his writings on corporate spirituality and his understanding of it have a great deal more depth than how we usually talk about community. Um, and it's, it's, it's richly theological and not just, you know, focused so much on just a local church that we lose our, our focus on the larger reality that the body of Christ on the earth now, which we are all a part of, and that can't change because it exists at the cosmic level in Christ. You know? Right. It, you know, and I think, Ruth, this is where we can have some good back and forth mm-hmm. on it. Even when I read the chapter, I, I um, sort of was translating his words into the local mm-hmm. church because I think I'm a local church pastor. Mm-hmm. But then it made me think, like, oftentimes within a given local church, that given local church lacks the kind of diversity, actually, that uh, Mulholland's talking about that the body of Christ writ large will lead you to having to lay down your preferences. You know what I mean? Yes, like local church, absolutely. typically we think the same thing. We typically look the same way, same socioeconomic uh, background most of the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a really, um, you know, as much as it, I, I actually found myself needing to expand my view. And I think I have a pretty expansive view to begin with, mm-hmm. but I found myself translating it to the local church. But it also reminds me, about a year ago, um, this couple in our church decided to meet with me. And you know, when people say, hey, can we meet? You know, I was like, oh no, oh, like, what no. is this about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they are dear friends of mine. And I say are, they, they currently mm-hmm. are dear friends of mine, but they, but they met with me to tell me that they needed to stop coming to our church. Mm-hmm. But they were very clear to say that we're not going to a different church. We just need to experience the body of Christ in a different way right now. Mm-hmm. Like we need to experience it outside of the local church mm-hmm. so that we can continue to grow. And the journey they've been on for about a year has been really, really good, really, really fascinating. And I would say they have grown in ways that they would not have grown had they remained. And so that was a learning for me too. Cause I think sometimes pastors, you're going to hear us say, you know, kind of defensive things about mm-hmm. people who, well, you can't yeah. leave the church. You can't, you know, right. like, what are you going to do? You're just consumer Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, church hopping and all that stuff. So I like where, where you're taking it and ultimately where Mulholland takes it to a broader scope. Um, that actually will lead us into needing to lay down our preferences, as I said, because we, you know, are looking at folks in different organizations, different nonprofits, different denominations, um, and that's a bigger picture of who God is. Yeah, and I think it can be a mistake, and it can put far too much pressure on any one local expression of the church to have to be all to everybody all the time, forever, Thank in you. every stage of their spiritual life. Yes. You know, so if we could see the body of Christ bigger, 
then just like you said with that couple, you realize, yeah, this, my particular local church, as wonderful as it is, it can't be everything to everybody at all stages of their journey. So go with my blessing Mm -hmm. and experience other parts of the body of Christ, the way it's being expressed in other places. And, and in that way, expand, you know, so in, in so many ways, it's dangerous, I think, to narrow the church writ large to just one expression at any given time. I even think about that as it has to do with um, the church meeting the needs of the world and loving the world. You know, if any one local church thinks, I have to meet every single need that's out there, Hmm. they're never going to be able to do it. They're going to wear themselves out. But if a local church can see itself as just one part of this bigger expression, then the local church can do what they're called to do and say, oh, and that church over there, who's also part of the body of Christ, they're going to take care of that need in the world. And that church over there is going to do that thing because they do that really, really well. And in that way, it's the whole body of Christ together that that meets the needs of the world as opposed to any local church, one local church feeling like they need to do it all. And I, I think that's one of the ways in which local churches wear themselves out is that they're mm-hmm. convinced that, oh, we have to do everything. Mm-hmm. We have to meet every need that this neighborhood has. Oh well, no, gosh. not really. There might be five or six churches in your neighborhood, and if if each of those churches did their part, then no one gets overwhelmed, and the, the needs of the world get met in a better way anyway, and all in the name of Christ, because we're thinking about the body of Christ writ large um, rather than just you know, private, you know, narrowing it down to one local expression. So for me, that's a really healthy way of, of being my expression is to realize I can do the one thing I'm supposed to do or the two or three. And then I can trust that there are other parts of the body of Christ that the Spirit is catalyzing and calling out to do their part. And then together, um, you know, the needs of the world are met in and through the name of Jesus Christ. Well, then especially if, you know, if that's, if that begins to be more and more true, I think we're going to see more and more nonprofits and churches working Mm -hmm. together versus being somehow in competition with each other. Right. Um, Or sometimes I've heard pastors and leaders actually dismiss not-for-profits or not-for-profits feel like they're less than because they're not, quote, a local church. And they mm -hmm. feel like that somehow they're put outside, you know, the the church and 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 it's it, all of us together are the church right you know any organization or group of people who are gathering together in Jesus name to do something in Jesus name we are all the body of Christ on the earth now um and i think that's a very unifying idea so so now that w- you know we've established that as the context for this conversation um I think Bob does a really great job of clarifying the fact that the community of faith, the body of Christ writ large, um, is the living reality within which we are supported in our spiritual disciplines, that that our connection, our participation in the body of Christ somehow um, provides support for our spiritual disciplines Mm -hmm. so that even when we can't or don't or aren't able to do the practices the way that we would like to, or when we're struggling, that the the body of Christ carries us, the community carries us. So he talks about the fact that the community of faith provides support for our personal spiritual unfolding, and also that it also challenges us towards wholeness, precisely because it, it is in the body of Christ that we rub up against others who are different than us, others whom Mulholland would call agents of 
God's troubling grace, that God actually gives us those difficult people in the body of Christ to be agents of God's troubling grace, to actually stretch us and to show us where we do fall short of Christ-likeness and where we do fall short of wholeness in Christ. So I love sort of the dual nature of what he's saying about the community of faith, that number one, it supports us in our own personal spiritual unfolding, carries us when we are um, struggling and not able to carry ourselves. But then also in the body of Christ, we are challenged towards wholeness precisely because there are people in the body who are different than we are and who are bringing something that we may or may not have without them. And, you know, if you flip that around, you notice that your participation, bringing your own uniqueness, yes, leads to the wholeness of others as well. Just like mm-hmm. their differences, their troubling grace leads to your wholeness, mm-hmm. you bringing your uniqueness. Yes. And letting go of what you aren't responsible for doing, but doing what you do uh, and are called to do brings wholeness to others. And that's no small thing Yeah, um, to understand that my, my doing and my being makes a difference in other people's wholeness. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. Right. And I think uh, what's so interesting there is to once again, remind ourselves that the creation gifts, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about creation gifts earlier on that they're, and it's and this is very consistent with what Paul says in the New Testament about the spiritual gifts, is they're not given to us primarily for our benefit. <laughs> the right. creation right. gifts are given through me to the body of Christ for the good of the whole body. Right. And I think that's a pretty important nuance, that, that, that the creation gifts are given to the body. My creation gifts are given to the body of Christ. Your creation gifts are given not primarily for your own personal benefit, but for the benefit of the whole body. I think that's tremendous. Yes. So when we fail to participate fully, when we fail to show up and participate, we're actually robbing the body of a set of gifts that God intended for the body. Right. Through us. Right. And I I think if we hold that humbly, you know, versus Mm -hmm. like that can maybe even, oh, I have to go. Mm -hmm. No, you know, you, you, you press in and you disengage at times. There's, there's sane rhythms of work and rest and, and all that stuff. But I think if we hold it humbly and we just give what we, what we give, um, and do what is ours to do in that moment and in that day. And with, we talked about Mr. Rogers, a few episodes ago, and I think that's sort of, he he exemplifies that so well, is that he didn't try to do what wasn't his to do. That's right. But Which is he, why he was so good at the thing he was doing, yeah, was because yeah. he just focused on what was his to give and to bring. And, and mostly, it's, it's it was the being. Right. I mean, what most people really comment on is the quality of his presence. And so it's not even about showing up to do what we do. It's showing up to just be a part of everything. Right. And that God brings great gifts as we do that. You know, it's it's interesting, um, you know, we these transforming community experiences that we talk about a lot. One of the things that we tell people right up front when they come is that um, that the commitment is not only a commitment to your own transformation. The commitment is to this community. And, the, and we ask people to really consider their full participation and and trying as much as possible to be there for all nine retreats, because it's not just about what you'll miss out on if you don't come. It's also that the community will miss what you're bringing and the community, your small group community in particular will not be what it could be if you're not there. 
you know, the community itself won't be what it could be if you're not there. And so part of showing up is not just for you and what you're going to get out of it and what you're going to get out of it or not, but it's also about what people are going to miss out on if you don't show up. And that's what it means to be in community as opposed to being on an individual journey. Right. You know, now as you said that, I'm I'm remembering my spiritual uh, direction group, the four or five of us. Mm And man, we couldn't have been more different. I mean, really, really, honestly, yeah. like, the, I mean, <laughs> I like there was police officer in there. There's yeah. progressive me. There was, you know, um, uh, 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 African American woman. There, and and our our conversations at first were awkward. They really yes. were. But by the maybe by the fifth or sixth retreat, we all found ourselves longing for those times together where yes. we and. It was interesting too because those were not the people I hung out with throughout mm-hmm. the weekend. They, they they really weren't mostly. Yep. There was a, a couple other people that I was drawn to for you know free mm-hmm. time and and well free time it wasn't camp. It but, wasn't really um, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but they but we had a dear and very rich quality of our relationship, um, precisely I think because there was such real radical differences. And when we learn to lean into them versus sort of be defensive or try to figure each other out, I think the quality of, of the presence with each other was was very rich. I, and I when, remember And that. when one of you wasn't there, oh, you yeah. felt the hole. It, there was definitely a hole and you realized, I'm not getting the full experience of group spiritual direction here because that person's not there mm-hmm. doing doing their part of the holding, doing their part of the containing of this experience. I also think, Steve, um, and you know, here we really are talking about the nature of spiritual community as opposed to other kinds of community, that it probably was good in some ways that you didn't, quote, hang out together because those relationships are not intended to be primarily social. Right. They are meant to be really pure in focus, pure in their focus, where the only purpose for these relationships is for us to, you know, listen for the presence of the Holy Spirit in each person's life and to support that person saying yes to God's risky invitations. And so it it's um, it actually makes a lot of sense to me that that group was different than the people you might hang out with in a more social way because the purpose of that little group was very different than social hanging, you know? Which um, I think is actually, so I'm going to talk as a pastor again right now, it's a confrontation to mm-hmm. the church at times. At times I've heard myself and other church leaders sort of promote a kind of relationship that church people will have with each other that's like mm-hmm. family and that's like you're you know we're going to worship together we're going to hang out together this is going to be your whole world mm-hmm. in a way that's really unhealthy and does not yep. promote the kind of spiritual growth that I agree that you just described um, yeah, I it, agree. There's too much expectation on 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 that. That's right. You know? Yeah, we put all of our <laughs> eggs in the in the church basket, no way. and and that shouldn't you know that's that's too much for any community to bear. Really. Exactly. Um, Ruth, I wonder if it would be helpful um, to talk because Mulholland talks about corporate spirituality leading us to let go of limited views of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he talks about the Nicodemus story and how that happens. What's your experience with that? Well, again, I think we're back to the experience of the body of Christ writ large, you know, versus just one local expression. Because when we engage with the body of Christ writ large, then we see that the box of our own tradition is small. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but if if I am engaging the body of Christ bigger, and I'm not loading every everything about my expectations onto the one local expression, then I see that God is so much bigger than just my one the one small box of my own one tradition. Um, and it and and it might be uncomfortable at times, you know. So, for instance, for you know a Protestant evangelical to go to a Catholic church service. Catholic mass, it's going to be stretching in a mm -hmm. somewhat uncomfortable way. But we have to say, but God's bigger. God, yes. This is God too. God's yep. here too. This is a part of who God is and how God is expressing God's self here on the earth right now. Or, you know, when someone from a more sacramental liturgical environment goes to um, perhaps an evangelical church that is way more spontaneous and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of the, the liturgy or the structure or even some of the reverence that comes through the ritual, and it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But they say, oh, but wow, God's here too. Yeah. God is expressing part of God's self here. And so now my experience of God is bigger because I'm, I'm engaging the church, the body of Christ writ large, rather than just my one narrow space. How do you help people sit with that tension of being uncomfortable and move into expanding? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think this is, a, is another beautiful experience that someone could bring to spiritual direction right? To, um, to help for the spiritual director to help them unpack their resistance, for instance, to this being a part of God too, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and to help someone unpack maybe their own narrow view of God and their own narrow attachment to their own tradition to such an extent that they can't get out of it, you know, and that that's actually a part of what would happen in spiritual direction is that we start to broaden our experience and our thinking. And that is surely one of the things that happened for me in spiritual direction was that um, I, w I, I, I was invited further, you know, mm -hmm. into my understanding of the bigness of who God is and how many ways God expresses God's self in and through different aspects of the body of Christ and other elements of our life together on the planet here. Um, and that was when I was invited to, to spiritual practices that had never been taught to me mm -hmm. in my one tradition. And I needed support. And I also needed the help to know, I also needed the help to know that I wasn't falling outside of, of orthodoxy. You know? <laughs> well, you do need that. You, need you do need that every that now and then. You're okay. You're, you're, you're okay. You're okay. You're, you can, you can go there and you're not <laughs> that's bad. That's right. And you're still it. a you're Christian. <laughs> yes. I think that's that a good spiritual director. Um, anyway, I, I have a story about a spiritual director who, mm -hmm. who did that so wonderfully for a person who was so nervous that they were mm -hmm. leaving the faith, that they were being, yeah. you know, disobedient to God. And she just gently helped that person be know that no, you're right. I'm you're 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 still within. <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, another phrase that Bob used in his teachings in this in the eighth retreat that he came and did for us um, on for the sake of others, and it it's that la the language is not in invitation to a journey that was written in 1993, mm -hmm. but it is in in his more current teachings. He talks about the body of Christ as sustaining us in the mystery, that that Ooh. is the function of the body of Christ, of our corporate spirituality, is to sustain us in the mystery. And I love that perhaps more than any other definition Ooh, of too. community. And if it doesn't do that, if the body of Christ, if our experience within the body of Christ isn't 
opening us to the mystery and sustaining us in the mystery of the work of God in our lives, then it's becoming an empty shell. It's becoming a husk. Yeah. You know, um, our life in community together should sustain us in the mystery of God. And it should keep us opening further and further to the mystery rather than just keeping us locked down in the narrow confines of our dogmas and our theological systems of thought. So I, I think inside of my heart, I just pray and pray and pray that, that the community of faith, the communities that we're a part of, can keep opening us to the mystery of just how big God is mm. and how beyond all of our categories God really is. Invite us into the mystery and sustain us in the mystery of, of who God is and help us open to the mystery through spiritual practices. If the community can do that, wow, um, that's doing a lot right there. You know, one of the um, parts of our Eucharist liturgy is we proclaim together, this is the mystery of faith. Christ mm -hmm. has died, Christ has risen, mm -hmm. Christ will come again. And one of the ways we understand that is that that's, that's physically, literally true mm -hmm. in terms of Christ yeah. did die, will rise, or did, did rise, will come again. But we also talk about it in terms of like our stages of faith, you know, like this, this current belief I have will die, but my belief will rise again and, and my faith will come again when you're in a season of where your certainty crumbles, you know, that that's, we kind of try to normalize that within, um, the Paschal mystery. And, um, and this is, I think that's why I love the Eucharist so much is it's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a sacrament. It's a, it's an expression of that mystery that's being spread out to all of us everywhere. Yeah. No. Oh, that's good. Um, maybe before we draw this to a close, we could just come back around to one of the themes and the threads in Mulholland's work. And he does bring it back right around, um, in his discussion of corporate spirituality. And that is that there is a way in which, our willingness to participate and to engage in corporate spirituality actively is that it, it too brings us to the issue of control. That, you know, in the in the body of Christ, God brings people to us who are agents of God's troubling grace. And once we're there and God's brought those people to us, wow, we realize, well, I wouldn't have chosen this for myself, but here's God mm. doing this mm -hmm. through this person. And I wouldn't have chosen this. I wouldn't have chosen them. Um, and yet this is a part of being of, of God being in control rather than myself being in control, mm. you know? And I remember a moment like that, you know, I think I mentioned this before when I was doing my spiritual direction training and there was a person in this whole group of 35 or 40 people that I knew I didn't want to be with in small group. <laughs> and of course I was, I mean, I, you, it's almost predictable. You know, you got your antenna up, you yep. look at a room and you say, I just don't want to be up close and personal with that person. And wouldn't you Ugh. know it, God makes sure that you are. Yeah. And, and that's that out of control place that Bob's talking about is that in the body of Christ, you don't know who God's going to put up next to you. Um, <laughs> for your own growth yes. and, and so they can be agents of god's troubling grace to you and so this person was the wrong person for me in in absolutely every way and yet she was the right person mm. she was the one that said the most important spiritually impacting thing mm. of everyone in the whole group of course it's that yeah. way with god yeah and so i just love the fact that um 
Bob brings us back around to this issue of control like he always does. Yeah, which which bugs me, actually, mm-hmm. about It about does. Him. It should. <laughs> and it should, Steve. Oh it God. should. <laughs> he so routinely brings it back oh, to my he, own he control. He does. I hate it when he does that, but he does it. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I think that that's another really important part of what corporate spirituality means in the spiritual life is that it's one more way in which we give up control mm-hmm. and we let God be in control of who God brings to us as agents of God's troubling grace in our lives. Mm. Well, I think I I love that you brought that up because I think that's just, we always need to be reminded of that, you know, yeah. maybe the thorn in our flesh is a person. That's (laughs) right. It's there for our grace. It's a grace. And so in terms of practice and getting practical here at the end, because I do want us to get practical at the end of this particular segment is that, I think if we can, those of us who are listening, if we could take some time to reflect on where we're at with our corporate spirituality, how are we experiencing that right now? How are we participating? Um, Where is the place where God is doing something I wouldn't have chosen, but it's clearly what God has for me? Am I resisting it? Am I leaning into it? Um, Do I, have I in any way given up? On corporate spirituality, which I'll tell you, I mean, it's this. These are days when it's tempting, isn't it? Oh yeah. To big say that time. that church stuff, it just does not work. Big time. So I'm just going to separate myself from it. Well, there's a real challenge here for us to 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 embrace the truth that there is no possibility of us really burning as fire outside. The the coal is going to go out. It's going to die when it's outside the fire, and we will too. Yeah. And so there are many, I think, I, th- I actually think, Stephen, you know, this could be a whole nother conversation, but I think coming out of COVID-19, I think we're going to be asking all sorts of questions about what the church really is yes. and how the church is supposed to gather. And I think there's going to be expressions of church that are going to be fresh and new and different because gatherings, I don't think gatherings ever going to be the same, at least not mm-hmm. for the generation of people who have gone through this. Yep. Maybe the next generation who doesn't know the trauma of what we've been through will come back to some sort of normalcy, but I'm not sure where this generation will be yeah. with it all. But that doesn't mean the church will will cease to exist. There's just going to be new forms. There's going to be new expressions. Um, I agree. So, That's where I think the Paschal mystery can be translated to the church. You know, the church absolutely. has died, the church will rise, the church mm-hmm. will come again. That's right. It's, it's all part of that mystery. So let's not be narrow, but let's ask ourselves the question, where am I engaging? Yeah. The body of Christ right now? Where am I fully participating? Where am I allowing God to bring agents of God's troubling grace to me in and through others in the body of Christ? And just make sure that there's some way in which we are journeying with others um, rather than engaging in a privatized um, spiritual life. I think that's the challenge coming out of this episode today, and I just want to be really clear about it. Uh, The question is, where am I engaging? Where am I fully participating in this great cosmic reality that we call the body of Christ? And um, to make sure that that's a part of our spirituality and that we don't reduce our spirituality to some privatized notion. I just think that's really, really important for us all right now. I agree. I agree. Well, as always, uh, would you lead us in, a, in a, mm-hmm. one of Mulholland's prayers to close the episode? Mm-hmm. Well, let's begin by becoming settled and open and receptive in our bodies, feet flat on the floor, uncrossing arms and legs, unclenching our jaws, 
un unfolding our hands and maybe opening our hands as a way of saying, God, I'm here open and receptive to you. And I know that the topic of community and corporate spirituality is a difficult one for many of us. All of us probably have experienced difficulty and maybe some of us are living right now in terrible tensions, um, terrible disillusionments about uh, the body of Christ as we've experienced it in some expression. Let's see if we can breathe in and through that right now and still hear God's invitation to us to participate fully in some expression of the body of Christ on the earth now. Gracious and loving God, we thank and praise you for what we have been sharing together here. We thank you for your presence with us in our sharing, for the work you have been doing in our minds and in our hearts, for the ways you have been touching our lives, known and unknown. We give you our thanks and praise. And we pray that by your grace, we may open our lives to you fully, completely, and give you permission to do whatever you want to do in us and through us. Help us in the depths of our hearts and in our communities to say yes to you in a fuller and more complete way. Guide us in our corporate spirituality and our participation within the body of Christ by the anointing of your spirit that we may receive what you have for us there. Amen. On behalf of Ruth and the entire Transforming Center staff, thank you so much for listening. We're currently accepting applications for our next Transforming Community Spiritual Formation Experience for Christian Leaders. You can learn more by visiting transformingcenter.org slash TC. This podcast is a ministry of the Transforming Center and is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. If you've enjoyed Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can also become a partner of the podcast and get exclusive benefits by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron. Thanks so much for your support and for listening to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership.